Wildwood Community Church exists to glorify God by connecting people to Christ, His worship, His community, and His mission. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. We are in the midst of this series, this season of time where we're coming to adore the person of Jesus Christ. And uh, today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, specifically looking at the story of the shepherds and their invitation to come and to adore uh, Jesus at his birth. And so that's where we're headed today. But before we get there, I want to just share a, a story with you. And this, this story goes back all the way to the 1700s in France. 1700s in France were a time that were marked with a lot of turmoil. Uh, there was a great separation between the haves and the have-nots. There were the haves who, who had everything, the aristocracy, they had privilege, they had wealth, they had all of these things. But there was also a very large group of peasants who had nothing, not even enough bread to eat. And it was in that time that these peasants began to revolt and, and riot that their cry for something to eat, their, their cry for some bread made it all the way up to Marie Antoinette in the royal family. And they said, you know, let us have some bread. And she said, well, if they don't have bread, what did she say? Let them eat cake. We know that. Why do we know that, by the way? Um, well, you might know it like I do because I have a seven-year-old son and we watched Peabody and Sherman last spring. Um, or you might know it through your history books. But there's this, this story of Marie Antoinette being so disengaged from the people that she led that she thought that if they didn't have enough bread, just let them eat cake instead. That kind of aloof leadership doesn't inspire people to follow, does it? But part of the reason why I think we've heard that story, part of the reason why I think we tell that story is because many of us have been in situations in the past where there have been leaders over us who have been a little bit aloof. Whether that's been in organizations we've been a part of, companies that we've worked for, situations that we've lived under, we, we might feel like leaders are kind of like that, detached, disconnected. It's possible even for us to begin to think that because our experience with leadership in this world is that way, that that's also the way that our God is with us, that God is somehow aloof or disconnected from our everyday being, that we cry out for a need and God says, well, just let them eat cake as if he doesn't understand what we're going through. The Christmas story definitively answers that question for us in the negative. It says that God is not aloof, that God is greater than us, he is holy and separate from us, but that he is intimately aware of the situations that we go through, and he goes out of his way, even in the telling of the Christmas story, to let us know that all of us, whether we come from the haves or from the have-nots, that all of us are welcome to come and adore the person of Jesus Christ. And so today, as we talk about who gets to adore him, from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, what we're going to see is that all of us have the opportunity to come and to adore him, to come and to worship him this Christmas season. And so we're going to look at that today from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. If you've got a Bible, you might want to open it up. We're going to be in these verses for the entirety of our time here today. But as we look at Luke 2, 8 to 20, we're going to see three things today, three things about the shepherds that help us know that we also have a chance to adore him. 
The first thing we're going to see is found in verses 8 and 9. And it really, it shows the shepherds as afraid. The story begins with the shepherds being afraid. We see that in these verses. I'm going to read them for us, and then we'll go back and and unpack them. It says, "In, in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, it's, it's helpful for us. What does he mean by in that region? When Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, the setting is the town of Bethlehem where Mary and Joseph had come and where Jesus had been born. And so in chapter 2, verse 8, when it talks about in that same region, what he's saying is in the region, in the area around the town of Bethlehem, there were shepherds out with their sheep at night. And it says, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now, As we read this, these are very common verses for us. If you've been around a church for any period of time in your life, you've heard these verses read hundreds of times. Every year at Christmas, um, these verses are read. And so they, they seem very common to us, but there's some very uncommon things that are happening in this verse. One of the things, though, that was not uncommon was that there were shepherds out in the fields around Bethlehem. In the first century in Israel, there were a lot of shepherds. You know why there were a lot of shepherds? Because there were a lot of sheep. You can think about, you know, the the needs, why a a culture would need a lot of sheep. And, And beyond just this desire for a good lamb chop every now and then, and beyond just the desire for maybe a a nice wool coat or blanket, in the first century, the, the people of Israel had a lot of sheep because in their worship, they had this thing called Passover. And in Passover, every family would select a lamb that they would bring to sacrifice at the time of Passover. And so in the area of Israel in the first century, it required just lots and lots of sheep. Therefore, those sheep had to be watched by somebody. Those sheep were watched by shepherds. And so I mentioned there are some uncommon things happening in Luke 2, beginning in verse 8, but one of them was not that there were shepherds around Bethlehem. There were always shepherds in the fields around Bethlehem. It was a good place to take care of some sheep. What was uncommon was that an angel appeared in the sky. Now, again, we are, we are so uh, comfortable with this story. We've heard it read so many times that that fact just kind of flies before us, and we go, well, of course an angel showed up. That's what happens on December 24th, 25th in the fields around Bethlehem. As a matter of fact, we were so used to this story that if we were to pack up and all go to Bethlehem on a vacation together, and we were there on the 24th, we might just be looking up at the sky going, you know what, there's probably going to be an angel coming any time, because this is what happens over the little town of Bethlehem on this day. But the reality is, this was a very uncommon experience for an angel to show up. It was, it was extremely uncommon in that day. Most of us in this room, I would hazard a guess, have not seen an angel in our lives. Um, Guys, your wife excluded. Um, Most of us have not seen an angel in our lives. But the same thing could be said of the shepherds. They had lived out their lives and they had not seen any angels. And so on, on this night, as they're out tending their sheep in the darkness, an angel appears in the sky. That was something out of the ordinary. Now, there's another thing out of the ordinary about this, though, and it was not just that an angel appeared. That was strange enough to begin with. 
but it was also strange that the angel would appear to shepherds. Shepherds were not people of social stature. They were have-nots. They were people that were excluded from community. They were people that were not allowed into the synagogues to worship because they were considered unclean because of the contact they had with dead animal carcasses. These were outcasts. They were, they were people pushed to the margins of society. The, the thought of, of God showing up in the sky in the, with his angels, with angels showing up in the sky, is, is rare enough to begin with. But the fact that the audience for those angels were shepherds is, is, is really remarkable. And the question is, well, well, why did the angels appear to the shepherds? There's been a lot of speculation in the history of the church and in Bible scholarship as to why the shepherds were selected. Some of the, the theories, many of them probably at least partially true. Uh, one of the, the, the ideas is that the idea of being a shepherd is very close um, to the heart of God. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 23, the Lord is described as what? The Lord is my shepherd. The idea of God appearing to the shepherds is a connection with the identity of, of God himself. That's been one idea that's been thrown out. Another idea that's been thrown out is that Possibly these shepherds who were out around Bethlehem were raising sheep that would eventually be slaughtered at the Passover, something that was tied to the Old Testament system, a system that Jesus would eventually replace. It's perhaps the appearance to the shepherds is showing Jesus overtaking in the next wave of God's grace that old system with, with something new and something better. Perhaps that was the case. Um, but it's also possible, and I think most probable, even if those other things are part of the reason, I think one of the, the big things that was happening, why the angel appears to the, the shepherds, is because the shepherds were the outcasts. The sh- if, if, if the angel would appear to the shepherds, then we could assume that this message was for everybody else who was above them in the social strata. By appearing to somebody on the bottom rung, that everybody would understand that this was a message for all the people, shepherds included you and I included. Now, as these shepherds see this angel in the sky, their reaction is one of fear. They didn't go, oh, wow, how cool. They're afraid. As, as Linus would tell us, they're sore afraid. They're terrified as they look up in the sky and they see this angel. Now, now why is that? Why would they be afraid? Well, because they'd never seen this before. And around these angels, the the glory of the Lord was showing forth. That was a a frightening thing to behold. That kind of power that they couldn't control, that they'd never seen before, that they don't understand, was enough to to make them cower in fear at the presence of something so great. The closest thing I could come to is imagine that we were to go camping at Yellowstone National Park. And, you know, if you go to Yellowstone National Park, there's part of you that wants to see a grizzly bear, right? From a safe distance, you, kinda, you don't go to the park unless you want to see a bear. But, you know, you kind of want to see one. But let's just imagine that you go to sleep at night, and all of a sudden you hear this rumble and this growl, and you open that tent, and you see a grizzly bear that you're staring at face to face. What emotion are you feeling at that point? You are sore afraid. Right? There is a power that you cannot control. There is something so much greater than you that's standing in front of you, and you don't know if he's there to say hello and welcome you like Smokey, or if he is there to do you know, deathly harm to you. Just in the presence of such awesome power, you don't know for sure 
how to respond or how to react. Well, that's what happened to the shepherds. They look up in the sky, and I'm sure they had all wanted to see God at some point, but, but there is the glory of the Lord shining around an angel in the sky, and they are sore afraid. Now, here's the thing. As a group of people who don't have uh, enough social status to impress anybody, as a group of fellow shepherds in this room, all of us will come face to face with the glory of God in our life. Now, it most likely will not happen as it did for the shepherds with an angel in the sky, but the Bible lets us know that all of us will one day stand before the Lord. All of us will one day come face to face with Him. And when we do, there's a fear that will come over us, standing in the presence of someone so great, standing in the presence of someone with so much power. And, and even if we, we know the truth of what Jesus has done for us, there's some fear. But you know what? There's others in the room right now that maybe you've, you've never fully grasped the reality that one day you'll stand face-to-face with the Lord. You will. We don't know when it will be. It could happen in your 20s. It could happen in your 30s. It could happen in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, your 90s, maybe even in your 100s. But one day you will stand before the Lord yourself. And, and when you see him, the thought of being in the presence of God, someone so great and so powerful, probably inspires at least a little bit of fear in your heart. what it did for the shepherds. There was some fear that happened. What's interesting, as the story moves along, it goes from afraid to amazed. It goes from afraid to amazed. We see this beginning in verse 10. See that the angel sees, the shepherds see the angel in the sky, and it says, the angel said to them, fear not, For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Can you just hear them exhale at that point? There is an angel. The glory of the Lord is in the sky. What is his purpose for us? Has he come to to smite us, to take us out? And the first words out of the angel's mouth are, fear not. I bring you good news. Not just kind of good news, but good news of great joy. And it's for all the people, you included, shepherds. You included Wildwood Community Church. There is good news of great joy in the presence of our fear, in the presence of God. We have a hope. That hope is that the baby was born, Jesus Christ. It's fascinating what the angel says. The angel says, for on this day, the baby was born. No doubt the shepherds, as people who grew up in the Jewish culture, had looked for the coming of Messiah as someday. Someday, I hope God does something for us. Someday, I hope he restores Israel. Someday, I hope my sins could be forgiven. What the angel says as he shows up in the sky is he says, this is the day. This is the day. Jesus has come. Their heart had to race at this point. Now, what's fascinating is when the announcement is made that Jesus has, has come, the, shepherd, or the angels go ahead and tell the shepherds where they could find this baby. 
They say, you're going to go to the town and you're going to look for a baby who is wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That was an identifying statement because there weren't a lot of babies wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. A manger was a container that animals ate out of. It was a a feeding trough. There weren't a lot of babies lying in animals' feeding troughs in the city of Bethlehem. They would know they found the right child when they found the child lying there. The sight of the, of the manger would have been a symbol of rejection. A baby in a feeding trough showed that something was wrong, foreshadowing Jesus' life and ultimately his rejection by his people. The lowly nature in which he came, submitting himself all the way to death, even death on The manger was a sign of of rejection, but the cloths were a sign of provision. A baby that was cared for in the first century was always wrapped in these kinds of cloths. And so, as the shepherds went and they found this baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, a strange juxtaposition of provision and rejection, that would be the sign that would let them know that that was the child who was the Savior of the world. You know, it's interesting, we know of two times in Scripture where Jesus was wrapped in these kinds of cloths. The first time he was wrapped in these kinds of cloths was when he was laid in the manger, but later on we find out that he was also wrapped in cloths as he died on the, on the cross and was prepared for burial, same kinds of cloth. They were to find the Savior lying in a manger. Verse 13 Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at the shepherd, what the shepherds had told them. All who heard it were amazed. See, the idea is that though they were afraid at this initial moment, as they came to view the child that had been born, their Savior, they found that their fear was replaced by wonder or amazement because there was the one that would bring their salvation. You know, for us today who are afraid at the thought or at the notion that one day we would stand before God and have to give an account for our lives, how do we replace that fear? How do we have it not consume us? Well, the way that we handle our fear is the same way the shepherds did. When we, we hear this story, we, we go ahead and, and come in the direction that is pointed out for us. We gather around Jesus Christ, and as we look at him, we, we find amazement because his death was sufficient to pay the penalty that my sins and your sins deserve. His death is sufficient to make it possible for us to have a relationship with God that goes on forever. His death makes it possible for you and I to not be afraid in the presence of God because he would say to us, fear not, 
I've got good news for you. Because you have trusted in Christ, I want you to spend an eternity with me. You see, our fear is replaced with an amazement when we gather around the person of Christ. And here's the question. As you have dealt with this fear of death in your own life, have you come to Christ? Have you gathered around him to to be encouraged and to know that because of his death and because of his resurrection that you could have an eternity? Have you, have you come and been amazed at what he has done? Has that been a part of your experience? Has it been a part of your life? If not, why not? Can you imagine how this story would have played out if the shepherds would have seen the angel in the sky and gone, huh, well, that was interesting. No, instead of that, they see the angel in the sky and they go and they gather around the person of Christ. It was there that they found their amazement. It was there that they found their wonder. It was there that they found their hope. As we hear about the person of Christ, are you gathering around him this Christmas time? Are you seeking your hope in him? For the shepherds, that happened in Bethlehem. For us, it happens as we gather around the work of Christ as described in Scripture where our fear can turn to amazement. But it doesn't stop there for them. It goes from being afraid to amazed, but finally all the way to adoration. Look at what it says in verse 20. It says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The shepherds were so moved by this experience. They, they so saw, they, they, they were amazed at what the fact that God had given a Savior. They just kept talking about it. They just kept praising God about it. As they were going back, they were celebrating this moment. It moved their hearts to adoration. And you know what? I don't think this was something that happened just one point in their lives. But I think from that point on, they would go back and remember that night. Imagine this was a story they told over and over again. You know, this is, there were a lot of shepherds in the first century. I'm guessing that there were new shepherds that were joining the, the, the team all the time. Can you imagine those new shepherds as they joined the team and they went to new shepherd orientation and they got their uniform and their stick and they'd go out in the fields and that first night they'd sit around the campfire and they would look up at the sky and one of the other more experienced shepherds would probably say, hey, hey, tell the story. Like, which story? No, no, the story. Tell the story. And they'd be like, oh, okay, okay. Guess what? There was this night. And we looked in the sky, and there was an angel, and there was a multitude of angels. And we got to go, and we got to see Jesus who was born. Yeah, that guy who's preaching now in that ministry, that guy that is feeding the, the hungry, we saw him when he was born. We saw him that night. He was the promised Savior. This was a story they told over and over and over again. They were amazed at the moment, but it moved their hearts to adoration as they gathered around the person of Christ. And here's the question for, for all of us as we head into this, this Christmas season. Are, are we adoring him? Have we grown tired of this story? Are we so familiar with what happens at Christmas that, that we fail to let it move our hearts even still? Though there is fear that marks our life over many things, have we found our hope in Jesus as we gather around him? Is that something that you're doing tonight in this season? If not, why not? We have the chance to lift his name up high. 
Now, what's interesting is the shepherds, it says, they went back glorifying and praising God. Now, I can imagine that that was a, a noisy experience. You know, the shepherds, I, you know, I don't know what people sound like to you when you read the Bible, but for me, the shepherds don't sound like characters off Downton Abbey, all right? They're, they're not like the, the British accent and the nice suits and all that kind of aristocracy. No, these were common folks. I'm imagining the shepherds sound a little more like people from Oklahoma and Texas, right? And they're, they're kind of hooping and hollering as they leave there with this volume and this celebration of what they had seen. But what's interesting in Luke 2 is that not everybody is loud, there's also somebody who was quiet. We skipped over verse 19 earlier, but this is what verse 19 says. It says, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. All of the pieces of the Christmas story, she had, she had lived out, she had heard, she had interacted. The shepherds were in the room, and she's just treasuring up those, those moments to herself. And and here, here's the question. In the, in the midst of this season, which is loud and busy and lots of things are going on, have you taken a moment to be quiet and just treasure the truth of the Christmas season? If you haven't, we wanted to create a little bit of space right now for you to just ponder the events of Christmas and celebrate what Christ has done. And so we're going to have the Christmas story sung to us. I ask you now just to treasure these things in your heart. I've heard about this baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy. And I just want to sing this song to you.
We have a wonderful set of truths to treasure this time of year, don't we? There's a wonderful Savior for us to gather around. I just want to give an opportunity here as we've had a chance to, to ponder and to reflect on this. I want to give us just a chance to, to respond from our hearts and come to Christ and exchange in His presence our fear for His provision, that we could be amazed at what He has done for us there. Just bow your heads. Let's pray. Father, it is in this quiet place like Mary that we treasure up the truths of the birth of your son. Father, thank you for what you have done for us through Jesus. Thank you for sending him that we would know that though we are, are have-nots, uh, that we can have an eternal relationship with you. Like the shepherds, it's surprising that you would come and deliver this message to us, and yet you preserved it for thousands of years because you wanted us to hear it today. You want us to reflect on it, and you want us to, to gather around the person of Christ that we might receive hope and life. Father, I pray today for any who are here who have never made the decision to come to the person of Christ, that today would be the day that they do that. They would come and they would exchange their fear and their sin for your life and for your peace. 
It is good news of great joy, not just for some of the people, but for all of the people. Any who would come, like the shepherds, you will receive and you will grant life. So, Father, I pray today that there will be some who would pass from death spiritually to life spiritually, even in this room at this moment, and they would do that by faith, trusting you for what you have done. And, Father, for all of us, I pray that you would give us a heart of adoration, that as we treasure these things, that we would still be moved at what you have done for us through Christ. And we pray these things in his mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Well, I mentioned earlier that though Mary was quiet, the shepherds were probably a little noisy. And I asked you earlier if you hadn't had a chance to to be quiet this Christmas, that we had a chance to reflect like Mary with a little bit of quiet. But if you have not had a chance to be noisy this Christmas season, uh, now's your chance to do that. Enjoy this.